0: There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should, the ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team, I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing and I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests, and I feel that they will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in. What we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of In My Truth. I'm currently sitting in Costa Rica at Saltara in the Maloka. It is so beautiful with my gorgeous friend Hallie Rose. I have just finished up a week-long ayahuasca retreat, um, which I'm sure We'll dive into a little bit of what I experienced today. This is my second visit to Saltara and it really has been a transformative place for me and such an amazing experience. I wrote a whole series on my blog of my first experience. But yes, I am back here and it is just such a beautiful day. It's very warm. The wind is blowing. The birds are chirping. And I'm sitting here with my beautiful friend, Hallie. Welcome to the show, Hallie. Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. So currently I am doing a three-month volunteer position at Soltara Healing Center. I've been helping out a little bit with their social media, and I've been recording my own podcast, which I was just so lucky to record an interview with you, and that's called The Thought Room. So The Thought Room actually was inspired by my own experiences working with ayahuasca, and I kind of have been on that journey of healing myself through the collection of other people's stories and spreading the medicine of other people and in the process being an absolute sponge as I sit across from these amazing people and and, and healing and, and learning and growing. And beyond that. I'm also a writer. I am the CEO of a startup called Lunar Wild that makes first period gift boxes for young women to help them celebrate their first menstruation as a sacred rite of passage. And I would say that's me in a nutshell.
0: Oh, I love it. I'm sure there's even more wonderful, amazing things to you, but that is a great great wrap up and summary. Um, it's so interesting because this podcast was also born after my first ayahuasca experience here at Soltara. I was driving home from or back from Vancouver to, I'd had to go back to Vancouver and pack up my apartment. I was driving back to Colorado where my home is and on the drive somewhere in Utah in the desert. I just, I'd been having such beautiful conversations with people since I started sharing more publicly my own journey, which had been Probably most of 2019, I was sharing even a little of 2018 and I was having all these amazing conversations and they were healing me and, And you know, the feedback I was getting was they were healing others and I just had this download, like these conversations that are happening behind closed doors could be so beneficial for other people to hear and, and that's how the idea of this podcast was born, so... That's interesting, and I loved recording with you just now. It was so fun. So Very thank you juicy. for having me. It was. <laughs> we, yes, everybody, if you want to hear a lot about Hallie and my sex life, <laughs> jump <laughs> over to the Thought Room podcast and grab our episode because we really got into it. But it was beautiful. It was. It was a lot of fun. Anyhow, for here for our conversation here today, um, what are you currently working through and wrangling with? The work is is constant. It never ends, and I think. As we kind of discuss separately, there's um, always so many layers. So, what are you, what's the current layer you're peeling back?
1: Great question. I think if I look back at 2019, which we've just closed as a chapter, thematically, I was faced with a variety of opportunities to show up for myself and tune into my intuition. And I've been working on cultivating my intuition over the past few years, but it's still something that I sometimes struggle with. And I'll give the example of when I came here as a guest to Soltara, I was wrestling with where should I be pouring my energy? Where are my gifts? Show me where my gifts are. And of course, I had the startup and I was deciding what direction to go with that. And I felt unexpectedly pulled in a different direction, which was to be a storyteller, be a speaker, share, listen, learn, and start this podcast. And at the time, my thought, well, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. I mean, nobody makes money doing a podcast and how am I going to, that's not a viable career. Ayahuasca, what are you, you know, what are you suggesting here? And I had a mad amount of resistance. But at the same time, there was this part of my soul that was yearning for it. It's like I came, I came out of my mother's womb being a storyteller. I was born three weeks early and I was like ready to be here. And the first book i wrote was like when i was three years old i have little booklets i literally made and i would draw these very crude drawings and then i would dictate to my mother and she would take a pencil and write down word for word what i said and i had these elaborate stories with like beginnings middle and ends about you know like an elephant who wanted to walk up a rainbow, but he couldn't because he was an elephant and he was too heavy and he had to believe in himself and he tried to flap his wings like a bird and he couldn't do it and, you know, I just had these elaborate sort of mystical ideas and so when this came to me, you know, that that I was going to be stepping into this path and stepping into the limelight more, I had a lot of resistance because you and I talked about on, on my podcast that... Being seen, especially sometimes as a woman and as a woman who may have experienced some um, sexual trauma or projections or people having a certain idea of you based on the way that you look, it's it's undesirable to, to be seen any more than you already are. I mean, that's not... That's not fun. When you step out into the limelight, sure, you get more compliments, but you also get a lot more haters. And I just thought I was ill-equipped for that, honestly. So mad resistance, initially, and the logical brain, which for me is often completely at odds with the intuition because my intuition was saying, yeah, you were born for this. You were born for this. And, I, and my logical brain was saying, people won't listen to you. What do you have to say? Mm. And then my soul, you know, I have a lot to say. You know, trust it, trust it. Logical brain goes, yeah, but how are you gonna get the money to do this? What do you think you're gonna be traveling around doing podcasts? And my heart goes, yeah, I do. (laughs) And you know, that was in May, and here we are in January of the next year, and that's literally what I've been doing since then you know in all these different cities I love it but so I guess where I'm at now is just developing that continual trust that when we it sounds cliche but when we follow our passion good things will happen and I've seen this play out numerous times even with just this example of trusting this podcast where I thought I can't fund this and someone would fund the equipment and I go I can't fund this and someone donated for the first 10 episodes to be produced and then it's it's like why do I keep getting the same like meeting the same roadblock of not trusting not trusting have to do the work to flip the switch and then it comes in so what I'm calling in or what I'm working on is can I just stay in a place of trust, please? With, with knowing that this is the path. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I I guess even in my day to day interactions, sometimes I don't trust myself. And I think it's because it's easy for me to get confused about the spiritual path and how to act. And when someone does something that fucking pisses you off and you feel the reaction come up, but you stay in that centered place, I'm still walking on that tightrope of understanding how to not spiritually bypass myself and how to embrace the emotion. Like that, that seesaw, I don't think I've mastered it. And I think that's why... I still go through periods of burnout. I still go through periods where there's just, I need to crash out or I need to lay in bed or I need to cry for for a few days. I feel great, I feel better. But what I'm working on is not having to go through those huge ups and downs anymore and just allowing the emotion to come up in the moments and let it express itself mm-hmm. in a way that's appropriate.
0: Yeah, it's I, f- I feel you on the intuition thing and, trying to delineate between intuition and just our fear or our anxiety what I learned in myself is that my anxiety comes when I don't follow my intuition Um, but when I was younger I have always been quite open spiritually and I had a lot of knowing when things were going to happen that were not good I had a lot of like guidance or downloads that
1: premonitions
0: yeah. yeah that like people were going to die and then they did and things like that. And I very, very much resisted my intuition and shut all of it down because I was like, I don't want any of this. I don't want, because I would, you know, I'd get this feeling that something was going to happen and it would be so heavy in me and it would be days and then something bad did happen. So then every time I ever felt fear, what may have just been fear, I would like, go into this anxiety spiral not being able to tell the difference between what's actually my intuition and what is fear and it's only been you know the last few years where I've really opened back up my spiritual path and my journey and like rediscovering who I was as a 16 year old who used to light incense and read tarot cards and all of those things but I pushed it down for a very long time because understanding that difference between our intuition And and what's fear and all of those things and anxiety is just super difficult. I think for me, I am in a similar place where I think I'm like more in tune with what is my intuition now than I ever have been, but I still have these moments that come up where I'm like, oh, is that like, am I being told to not do that? Or is that just my fear, like holding me back? Um, You know, what? and what are the... Like how do I really delineate the difference between that inner knowing and just like my ego or whatever getting in the way and holding me back or, or pushing me forward into something as well. You know, sometimes we can think that it's our intuition saying yes, but really it's our ego that just wants that thing or that desire or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, I just started dating again a couple of months ago. I've mentioned that on the show before and it's been a really interesting journey and I'm back in a place now where, you know, I don't really think I'm ready and I think there was some bypassing going on and some like I can handle this and I can do it but noticing that I was actually still putting myself in situations with men that I really didn't feel connected with because um, I guess I just wanted that external validation and I really wasn't listening to my intuition around just you're not ready or this is not the right person or just don't go there because, you know, that fear of being alone and whatever it might be was driving me forward into into things that I you know, and then I'd end up in a situation where I am really not interested in that person and I have to have these uncomfortable conversations and my therapist challenges me, like, Tell me the truth if you knew that or not and you know, she's right, like I did know. I just I just was ignoring my intuition. It's not easy. And so how is it showing up for you at the moment?
1: I would say most often in my social interactions, Mm -hmm. particularly these last few weeks, you know, going home for Christmas and over the holidays, things are always a little wonky when you see family. And uh, for me, it was being with my partner and just when things come up, when conflicts arise and you're fielding projections. Like someone says something that strikes you and you have that moment, okay, lightning just hit me and was that lightning really for me, or did someone just like Zeus like throw that thunderbolt and that's really theirs? Mm-hmm. And when you get to a certain level, I think in your curiosity about yourself and your work, it can really fuck with you yes. because you're like desperately trying to show up honestly and own the things that are yours. Mm-hmm. So you're going okay, well, if this person is a mirror of me and they love me this much and they're they're a teacher for me and they're saying this about me, could it be true? Could it be true? And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it really is theirs and sometimes it's it is something you need to look at. So I think it's such a delicate balance because we all, I think it's, again, an evolutionary thing where we wanna be part of the tribe, we wanna be part of the group, and if there's anything in our behavior that socially feels unacceptable, we kinda clench up and we can become a little bit defensive if we're not being vigilant and you know training our minds. So I think that's what it is for me, is trying to own what's mine, but at the same time, my days of being a doormat are done. They're done.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. And it's something that I've always had in relationship is I that saying of I can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Like that's basically how I've always felt mm-hmm. in relationship where I'm so trying to sit and own my own stuff. So much so that I think I oftentimes can take more than 50% responsibility for what's happening. And I cannot see... When somebody is projecting something on me, whether it is actually their trigger that they need to look at or whether it is me, I've really struggled with that in my life. And already this little period of dating, very casually, because it's only been two months, none of these men I know very well, I can already feel that I'm not grounded enough in myself to hold onto my truth and my alignment. It's it's some of the work that I've been doing here at Saltara this week. So I am, I am in this moment feeling very grounded and peaceful. But my decision has certainly been um, to cool down the dating and to really focus on myself for the year ahead. It's the start of 2020. So I'm kind of, you know, very much in that space of thinking what what's ahead for me. But, at, and that still is a scary prospect for me. I've always been in relationship and to say, well, I'm really not going to pursue any, I'm, I'm always going to be open. I'm a o- very open person. So if organic things appear, then you know, I'm not completely closing that off, um, but I'm also saying to myself, like, this is the year of Sarah and this is the year to really get to know yourself and understand yourself so that when you are ready to enter relationship, serious committed relationship I'm talking about, um, you know, hopefully there will be less or not hopefully, let's use our words properly. <laughs> there will be less of that losing myself in being able to understand what's mine and what's theirs and having my intuition and my knowing of myself and my grounding in myself to be a lot stronger because it is a really difficult um, place to be. And one of the other things I'm really focused on is just building my conscious connections because it feels like the people in my life who are less aware, less self-aware, doing less work on themselves, You know, those are the connections where there seems to be a little more um, they are a little more wavy. There's a little more kind of tumultuousness going on. And I reflect on my own self and my own journey. And like, it's so rare now that I would be upset with anyone or feel the need to raise anything with anyone because I'm so like, you're just doing you and I'm doing me. And like, occasionally I may need to set a boundary or communicate something I like or don't like or whatever. But you know, to have this state where I need to tell someone like, hey, what you've done, you're doing this to me and I don't like it. Like that is so, feels so in my past. Um, if I'm receiving that from somebody else and they really can't see like that maybe they are actually triggered by something I'm doing for sure and I'm willing to talk and have the space for it. But if they can't see that and they're just labeling it as me being bad and wrong and not a good friend or whatever it might be. I'm really consciously sort of flowing in a little bit of a different direction from that.
1: Yeah, the idea of blame, it was definitely a huge thing that I encountered in 2019. And I think that until my experiences with ayahuasca it was kind of like being a little piece on a board game, like you're on you're on the board on Candyland and you're just getting moved and then ayahuasca comes into my life, and someone plucks that board game piece off the board <laughs> and says, Do you realize you were on a board? Do you realize you were part of a game and just holds you loftily above everything? And the perspective that comes with that is so immense it's almost crippling because then that mirror or that light of blame that you've been shining out into the entire world for various things that have occurred to you over your entire life and all the traumas inflicted upon you, you have to turn it back inward and stop disempowering yourself by putting it outside of you. And that can be super ugly. I Mm -hmm. mean, nobody wants to think that they attracted certain things and of course you know when we're talking about issues of abuse or you know we both had things with our parents growing up splitting up I'm not saying directly that we as a child or we as a woman or in whatever role we were in like we deserved it I that's you know I think that gets confused often when when, when people are talking about hmm you being accountable for what you've created or attracted so to speak i'm not saying that you deserve it um you certainly can still be i don't want to use the word victim but you can you can be hurt in a situation and still Mm -hmm. in some way have called that medicine forth into your life and the sooner you can accept that medicine instead of rejecting it the sooner you can heal.
0: Oh, there is so much peace as well in that belief system or that understanding. I, I absolutely had that today. We had our sharing circle right here where we're sitting right now, actually. And, um, you know, one of the things that came up for me and and somebody obviously said it in some way and I can't remember, but I had this very overwhelming sense of like how peaceful it is that for me to know that every single thing that has happened in my life, I did actually call it in, in some way, shape or form. And it was meant to happen exactly as it happened, exactly when it happened. And all of it has provided me with learning experiences and growth. And sometimes it was painful and ugly. And there were years where I pushed it all the way to not feel it. But here I am sitting today, feeling as so much peace and just as though yeah it was all meant to happen exactly as it did and I had an overwhelming sense actually to message my my ex-partner and we had like a very challenge the relationship was very challenging for me because it triggered all of my abandonment wounding and all of the things that I needed to look at and when I first met him I was feeling so strong in myself and it was almost like you know, week one, month one, month two, month three, I watched myself just slip away. I watched myself go from being able to hold space for him and be able to stay in my stuff and let him be in his. And all of a sudden it was a big messy puddle of, I do not know what is yours and what is mine. And I am a complete mess. And I, my anxiety was so high and I spiraled into a breakdown. But that is where I then learned and understood about my abandonment wound about attachment styles about relationships about I mean at a spiritual level I I really believe that we had a soul contract to come together and to do that growth and that healing together and I felt so overwhelmed with gratitude and love like my soul loves him infinitely and I accept that being a human with him is very challenging, but that does not change the love and the connection that exists, that existed and that exists. And I had to sit with my intuition to be like, am I like bypassing right now? Am I just in my ayahuasca love bubble or am I going to, I don't know. And anyway, I, I sat with it for a while and then I thought, no, I just want to tell him that his energy is really strong with me today and that you know i'm sending him a lot of love and he replied that he'd had a dream that he was doing ayahuasca and i was there it was wild it was just such such a connection but it was it was a simple exchange of message and it was very beautiful and it just confirmed that soul connection that we have and i can know sitting here right now that as i said being a human with him is really challenging for me but at a soul level like i'm so fucking grateful that he agreed to come and play that difficult role in my life. And we agreed to do these things together on this part of our journey to get this healing. Uh, I know he's done a lot of healing as well. So it's just, you know, it's, it is a fine line between trusting that intuition and not bypassing and what is just ego and fear and what is like a fantasy. Um, But yeah, it's very nice when I can practice staying with myself and being able to communicate with someone where it's been you know
1: so challenging for me in the past. Mm. Asserting those boundaries can be incredibly difficult. And not to generalize, but I think women are acculturated to be very accommodating. So for me there's this sense of deserving or undeserving rather to put my needs above that of another even when I know what's best for myself like I was single for five years I lived in an apartment alone I run a company that I work alone from home had every little knickknack in my apartment in its place every potted plant I was the curator of my own experience and then invite another person into my space, into my life. And wow, did my control stuff ever come <laughs> up? Like leave a hairbrush out of place at my apartment. And I was like, oh, you care about that stuff. Wow, okay, hmm, is this you? can you know is this this person like am I going to project that they're sloppy am I going to project that I'm anal like what how do we navigate these or is it neither you know is it just something that's teaching me to communicate better and how can I do that with the most grace so even with my current partner it's so fascinating to watch us loop through these little kind of roller coasters of his core woundings my core wounding showing up with grace some days less grace (laughs) and trying to figure it out but really not even trying to figure it out it's it's trying to feel it out it's trying to feel because it changes moment to moment like you have this toolkit and you think you know how to act with nonviolent communication and all we've talked about with energy work and tantra and Mm -hmm. you you know like you have a schema for how to act in xyz situation and it's not fail-proof. No, I mean like the wheels fall off. Sometimes. Totally. The wheels fall off and you know over Christmas it was like I felt like I had a lot of work I wanted to catch up on. And this is very much me. We talked about this too um when we just recorded my podcast with you, but this addiction to being busy. And so my partner was a little bit like, "Hey, it's Christmas break, you know, we could spend some time together." And I was like, I what I really need for me, for my peace of mind, is to catch up on the work that has fallen behind. I can't relax until I get this work done. And he was kind of like, okay, well, is that a story, though? Or, like, could you relax? And I'm like, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> I want to say no. But, like, shoot, this is, like, really hard. And then I was like, well, can't you work on some stuff? And then it became, like, this me projecting onto him that he wasn't doing enough or why wasn't he working more so that I could work more when really like I was just feeling that I wasn't doing enough so I was telling him he wasn't doing enough and it's just so funny how how all of that works.
0: Uh, I mean, boundaries are something that I absolutely struggle with. You know, not being able to see what's mine and what's somebody else's is one thing and then not being able to set a boundary. With my abandonment wounding, I've always shown up as trying to be like what everybody else wanted because I don't want anyone to leave me. I don't want them to, I don't want to lose them. Um, which I'm super grateful for because I think I'm a really good friend and I have really beautiful friendships and relationships that I find quite easy to maintain. But I can see, you know, the downside was just literally having no boundaries. And I actually had an experience last night in our final ceremony. My best girlfriend, Anna, is here and I, I truly believe she wouldn't mind me sharing this story. I'll have her on the show soon. But we had, so we, ceremony had just started. I had just drunk my cup of ayahuasca. I wanted to have a fairly mild final ceremony. So I had half a cup. I wasn't going kind of crazy, but I was, I was kind of just feeling a little wavy and, and kind of where I wanted to be. But this is four ceremonies in, so pretty open energetically. And I, I drank my first cup and I was feeling a little unwell so I went to the bathroom and as I walked out there she was coming out of the bathroom I think and we crossed each other on the there's a little bridge outside of the Maloka to the bathrooms we crossed each other and she looked at me with these wild eyes and she was like babe and she just lat. I could just see her coming physically she was latching to me and her energy was coming to me and it was dark and she was like I am not in a good place like everything is really dark right now this is really bad and I was like Oh no! My whole body was just like no, and I just looked at her and I gave her a hug and I said, "I love you, babe," but I cannot be here with you right now. I'm I'm in my own I'm in my own thing and I need to stay in my own thing. And she was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Yeah, and she got it straight away. And I went to the bathroom and I I came back to my bed and I lay down and I spent a good five or ten minutes sitting there thinking oh my gosh, my friend was in need and I've turned her away and have I done the right thing or the wrong thing? And really just having that conversation with myself about the boundary that I set with love very clearly. I didn't go on and on about it. I just said, I love you and I just can't can't do this right now. And obviously, you know, in this context, what is so beautiful about being here in Saltara and where I eventually came to it was, there are facilitators here to help us on our, on our journeys each evening in ceremony. And I and, and the reason why I like to come here and why I'm okay coming here with a friend is because, you know, we don't need to be that person for each other. Um, the facilitators are here to do that. And so I, I came to that place where I'm like, no, it's okay. And, you know, if we were at home together doing some some journeying and, you know, she really needed me and then I would obviously be there for her or vice versa – But I was really grateful as well to not have to do that because it does pull you out of your own experience and your experience becomes somebody else's and theirs becomes yours because also by me going to her is kind of saving her when maybe she just needs a journey through it alone. But boy, you know, I had like a good five to 10 minutes where I really had to let go of it and just be like, it's okay. And it made me see how difficult I find setting boundaries, like simple things. And I constantly when I do set one, the biggest thing that rolls, rolls through my head afterwards is like, was I too harsh? Was I too extreme? Am I not showing up for that person? And it's fascinating because that will show up with the smallest little boundaries that I set. And that just shows me that I have so much more work to do on boundaries. Like I have so far to go to actually get to a place and the damage that it's done in my past relationships has been that I set zero boundaries and then one day I just fucking snap and I'm out the door and that is terrible you know it's it's been my journey and it's fine and I'm peaceful and I forgive myself and all of that but I look back and I've really struggled to consciously uncouple with any romantic partner because of my lack of ability to set boundaries. I've always tolerated for a long time and not been able to communicate things that Um, Need to be communicated and then one day I'm just so angry and resentful that I'm like I'm done see ya and they're like wait what like what are you talking about and they're like this is coming out of left field they have no idea what's going on and I've really like just seen that right now this week essentially that wow you know like my lack of ability to set boundaries has caused been part of the cause of my quite traumatic breakups
1: What's fascinating when you talk about your friend is how it sounded like she received it in the moment quite gracefully, and yet you still were sent into like a mini tailspin. Totally. (laughs) And for me, what's the most difficult is when we go, oh, should I set this boundary? Should I not? Okay, no, I'm gonna set it. And then we set it, and the person does not receive it gracefully. And so my question to you is like, then what do you do when the person is (laughs) saying to you you're selfish
0: yeah I mean that is my my downward spiral and my downfall and I find it so difficult I think something I learned in my previous relationship I've talked about this before and um you know i was i'm more the anxious attachment style and he's more the avoidance style but what i did learn from that relationship was the beauty of space because i'd never taken it in a relationship ever before i think knowing what i know now about attachment styles i think i've always pretty well dated other anxious types and so we would stay in the argument and stay with it which often caused a lot of going over and over the same thing but i have discovered the beauty of taking a little space and i've learnt you know, how to take space with love, which is very important for myself as I have this abandonment um, situation and other people do is, you know, I love you. I need to take 30 minutes or a day or whatever it might be to just figure. Do you take a whole day? Sometimes. No, I don't. (laughs) But if somebody wants to, I'm like, can we define this? Because I'm going to be spiraling while you're taking your space.
1: That's so brave though. I mean, to be able to One, recognize that you need the space and then two, to feel safe asking for it.
0: Well, I'm starting to be more in touch with the inner spiraling feeling that happens when I set a boundary and somebody says you're being selfish and then all of a sudden I am totally off kilter and I'm like a spinning top just going around and around. But well, it's more like a, a downward vortex into doom and I'm like, I can feel it now because of the work that I've done and I'm more in touch with my body and I'm more in touch with my emotions and what's happening. I'm more comfortable being with my emotions that I can feel it and I, I can know that, okay, let's just take five and come back to this. I just need to go and get a little perspective myself and maybe you will get some perspective and then we can come back and talk about, you know, why you feel this is me being selfish and why I feel it's important. And I mean, I am so hard to do oh it is and I'm very very new I'm like I just came out of the egg and I'm like a little chicken Mm -hmm. trying to work my way like understand like how to actually do this Mm -hmm. but uh, it's the work that I need to be doing right now and it's um I can see I'm starting you know like I did it last night Mm -hmm. and there's been other instances recently where I'm like oh i did that and i stayed with it and it's okay you know if you're dealing with someone who is conscious and aware they will hear you with grace as well um i think when we're dealing with when we're less aware ourselves and we're dealing with people who are less aware like it's really difficult because nobody can see what's actually going on
1: Mm. oh it's so hard it's so hard to do though it's um yeah. I'm just reflecting on asking for space and feeling safe doing that and not insulting people. <laughs> it's definitely something I'm I'm learning to practice as well.
0: Oh, this period of dating for me has been so interesting because previously in my dating life I've like just kinda known how to show up to get the guy, you know? And a lot of the that a lot of what that meant was pushing pretty big chunk of myself down Mm -hmm. and you know i've been dating and practicing boundaries and practicing communicating and it's really even quite uncomfortable with someone who you don't know because Mm -hmm. you don't know how they're going to react and you also have those storylines of like you're being like too much or too demanding or the too much thing yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and you know i had a situation where a guy was coming over for dinner and we'd agreed the night before that seven o'clock was the time because I go to bed at like 9.30. So, I'm like, if you come over at 8 or 8.30, like, I'm going to be like on my way out. So, it's not even really a date. Um, And then the next day comes around and I'd explain myself and he was like, oh, running super late, definitely not going to be 7, more like 8.30. And it was so casual and I was just like, Mm. oh, shit. Like, this is my test, right? And what do I do? This is the second time that I'm meeting this guy. We've talked a lot. I feel really comfortable with him, but I also do not know him. Like I really don't. And you know, the old me would have absolutely been like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Just come over whenever you can. Mm. But I was like, no, this is, and it's also like, if I am going to meet this person and invest in the future, like I need to be my real self with them. Right. And so I just, I wrote back like, can you just give me a minute to think this through? I'm definitely feeling a few things right now after talking about timing yesterday. Um, and I don't want to re- like just fire off a response. Mm. I just wanted to like think about it. And then he ended up writing back, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. And I was like really struggling. And then I was like, I'm just going to call him because I don't want to go backwards mm-hmm. and forwards on a text texting. And, and I ended up just calling and saying like, yeah, you know, this is uncomfortable for me, but I, I did say seven and now you're saying eight, eight thirty, which I specifically said I wouldn't be good with. And so I'm just really, it's just thrown me off and I'm not really feeling like, you know, that I'm not really sure actually what I'm feeling, but I just, I don't, you don't owe me anything, but like, I just don't think I want to do this now. Right. And he was like, no, I understand you. And I'm coming right now. I'm going to just like scrap what I needed to do on my way home and I'm going to be there. And In the meantime, I'd spoken to a girlfriend and I'd been like, no, fuck him. He's not coming over or whatever. And then he actually showed up. He he was like, you know what? You're right. And I'm sorry. And I'm coming. And it's another balance is like, where are my boundaries and where do I give people second chances and all those kinds of things? Because we also
1: don't want to be like nickel and diming people and be like the headmistress who's like, no, you were five (laughs) minutes late or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's it's knowing how to balance yeah. all of that.
0: And he came over and we ended up talking about it and it was great. And it's just another like I'm I used a lot of this experience of dating to just be like practicing things like that. And as hard as it is practicing with someone I don't know, there's also an element of like, well, there's nothing to lose right now because it's a new person and we're still getting to know each other. So this is also a good opportunity for me to just practice who I am and what I really need and communicating that and trying to learn the line between being that totally strict, like, no, you can't do that. Like I said this and, and, and also not being like a total pushover and being like, yeah, sure. Because I don't want to play any games. I don't want to read a book on dating and do this and do that. And that's how you'll get the person like, no, no, I want to be 100% in my truth. And my truth is I'm struggling with boundaries I have abandonment wounding. I'm currently working on healing. Like this is all me. I'm super emotional and I'm going to cry. Like I was with another guy and we started like making out our first time. We'd been on a few dates and we had a really good connection. And then we started like, you know, doing the thing that we hadn't done yet. And I was not feeling the chemistry and I was really disappointed. Yeah. And then I cried (laughs) because I was like emotional that like, I don't know if I'm feeling it right now, but I feel such a good, like, energy with you. And he was fucking amazing. He was just like, tell me what you're feeling. Let's just sit here and let's just hold this space together and move through it. And we did. And, you know, know, we're progressing our – whatever our, you know, connection is, we're both exploring it in a really conscious way. Mm. But, like, that was a huge deal for me to, like, one, not just go and have sex with him because I felt obligated at that point because we were halfway through – our journey and (laughs) and two to like let my wall down and like have a cry and be like whoa I'm just feeling really overwhelmed right now and I'm not actually sure what I'm feeling and he was so great so it's been oh man like so much learning.
1: (laughs) That story is almost a 100% echo reverberation of what one of my very first experiences was when I was making love with my current partner and he we were at my place and again just like you we started and from somewhere out in the echoes of my psyche came these remembrances of times where I didn't feel the man's energy completely connected with me and to this point in our you know, blossoming relationship, I'd always felt like he was, again, like rapturously with me in every intimate exchange. And at this point, it felt like we were following a script of something or just, he wasn't doing anything explicitly wrong, except it was that feeling of being in a conversation and having someone like talk at you, kind of, you know?
0: Yeah. And
1: everything was lovely and, and caring, but I didn't a hundred percent feel that he was there with me and about me. And so similarly to you, I started to get upset and tried to just brush it off and continue through it. And then I was like, no, remember, we promised we were not going to do this anymore. We said, we were not going to have, we were not going to share our body with one more person. Um, that, was not completely honoring the goddess in it. And whether or not in that moment that was true, I didn't know, but I knew I had to stand up for myself. And I feel so bad for him now because <laughs> I was a I was a complete mess. I was like a, a child almost. I burst into tears in the middle of things, and he <laughs> just stopped, and he put his hand on my heart, and he just quietly looked at me in the face while I somewhat ugly cried everywhere and then I was it was just like it was coursing through my body like the trauma and the feelings and the oh my gosh see this relationship really isn't it and oh my god and like everything I had projected onto it and I just I started to have a volcano erupt inside of me and I didn't have anywhere for this emotion to go and I jumped out of bed and like Rapunzel I ran to the window and just kind of like very melodramatically like was leaning on the window crying (laughs) and he just sat for a few seconds in the bed like collecting what was actually (laughs) occurring in the scene then just so poignantly floated over to the window to my side he put his hand on my back and he said what do you need from me right now? Do you need to be held or do you want me to go away? And I was like, (gasps) like, crying, I was like, both. (laughs) (laughs) All the things and I don't know. (laughs) everything. And he was like, okay. I mean, he didn't say like, what do you mean? What do you mean you need me to go away and stay? Like, you know, he didn't react that way. He really, I felt he fully understood the complexity and the emotion that is the container of the feminine and how it is an ocean that just flows and courses and destroys and creates. And sometimes it just can't be contained and it shouldn't be contained because it's the power of creation. And many men would shudder in the face of that. They would say, I'm not equipped. I can't handle this. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't help you contain this. And, he just stayed. He just stayed. And in staying, I gave myself all the medicine that I needed.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that because this man that I've met is definitely, there is a really strong soul connection. And as I said, I'm, I'm just understanding it and I'm very open, but it's really beautiful to just hear your experience. Um, I think the thing that I find most special about about this person I've met is that he did the same thing. He just he just stayed and, and he said, would you like me to drive you home or do you want to stay? What do you want to do? And I was like, I'm not sure right now. And then I said, like, I can feel I'm missing my dad, which is my little girl. She shows up and I, as soon as I start missing my dad in this completely unrelated situation to my father, like why on earth? I would, but that's my little girl. Safety. She's showing up mm-hmm. yeah, and she's scared and I know it now and I chose to vocalise it and I was like, I know this is all may come off really strange or I don't know, but this may come off really strange, but like this, these are the thoughts that are coming. I don't know what all of this means and I'm overwhelmed and I have tears and that's because I'm feeling overwhelmed and, and he, just, he just stayed and in the morning – Like We didn't didn't make love. And in the morning, he just looked at me. He's like, I'm so glad. We ended up having a really nice sleep, like Mm. really nice. And I I had this moment of like, do I want to just go? Like, what's it going to be like waking up in the morning? But in the morning, we just lay there and he looked at me. He's like, I'm so glad we just stayed with that last night. Like, we could have just ran, but we didn't. And I'm like, wow, there's something here. I don't Mm. know what it is. But like, it's beautiful to hear your story because it just – yeah, it's just beautiful here to hear it reflected back to me and how no matter what this connection is, like he's a good man mm. and he understands a woman and he's conscious and he's aware and I want that in my life. Like that is really special, whatever it
1: is. And you've attracted that, I mean, because you're the mirror of that and just the bravery it takes to express something that you Know or think may be perceived by the other person as batshit crazy or losing your marbles or wait, that's too Mm -hmm. much. You know, we talked about the idea of too much. So to come forth and say, I don't have the answers. I don't actually know what this is, but it's occurring and I don't have a solution. And then smile. It's like, you know, it's like, I don't have a solution and this is where I think the biggest healing breakthroughs come in is when we allow there just for a moment to hang in the air just this big pregnant pause of I don't know what to do and I don't need to be fixed and, and I you don't, don't need to, need to fix me f- exactly. and it'll come
0: we'll figure this
1: out yeah
0: but in this moment it's okay to just feel everything that comes up and everything that needs to be felt and just be with it
1: well, yeah it's Yeah. Like we don't have to understand it all. It's the more that we, I do this medicine work too. I'm like, I'm never going to understand it all. So just get comfortable not understanding it all and laugh about it. And, and no, you can't just grip tightly onto the wheel of this life and this universe and expect that you can control it all. You can't, it's going to be painful. It's also going to be beautiful. It's going to be a lot more beautiful if you can, just take the pain um, with a spoonful of sugar and, and smile about it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting you mentioned like, I you know, they're going to think I'm batshit crazy and, and the spiritual path. And I feel like that quite a lot. Like as I'm on this path and going deeper into this work, it's like getting more and more comfortable with saying the things that I'm feeling and saying the things that are coming up and the things that I come to believe or I don't even, belief is interesting because I think it's constantly, you know, ebbing and flowing, but the things that I feel to be true and real right now, there is a real fear that like, and I'm getting more comfortable with it, but there is that fear that like, oh my gosh, do people think I'm crazy and weird? And one of the things that I came to Saltara this week, uh, uh, along with healing some of this toxic masculine energy that I felt was within me has been um, understanding, like, and accepting, finding more acceptance in the fact that I'm not conventional. I'm not living a conventional life. Like, sitting here in this maloca, I want to live here. Like, (laughs) I literally want to live. I do
1: right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I want to live in a treehouse in the jungle, but, like, all the treehouses in all the jungles and, like, travel the world and have all of these experiences and move and see and do all of these things that don't involve, like... husband and two kids and a dog and a white picket fence and a good job and you know some of those things may factor in some may not but they do not look the way that I was sold them to look and I've been on a wavy journey of accepting like for many years I was so proud of how unconventional I was but that's when I had my husband by my side and we were being unconventional together and now I find myself alone living the thing that I was most afraid of which is not so scary in the end and I'm really starting to love it but doing the unconventional life on your own really means you're sitting in the like this is what I'm choosing and I have no idea what it will look like like whether I will have a life partner or multiple life partners or multiple partners or no partner or you know there's so much of it as you can hear wrapped up for me in, in relationship and and what we are you know, what we're meant to be. I think as human beings, we are drawn to finding partnership, but, and we're drawn to community. I'm very much drawn to non-monogamy as a potential, you know, concept as well. And something I've been exploring for for several years, but there's a lot that my brain tries to understand and figure out. And I've come here this week to try to understand it more and accept it more. And I, I think I am in that place because I feel myself here and I'm like, this is me, this is home, these people are my tribe and my family and this is what I want. And there's a little fear leaving Sultara that like, oh man, i got to get back to that real world where, mm. you know, I'm on a journey of making my real world more of this world but mm-hmm. I'm still straddling. I mean, we're always straddling, really.
1: Mm. It feels so deliciously delightful when you're in those pockets of time where you feel that you're living in your truth you're like yeah this is me this is really me but it can be so earth shatteringly vulnerable to say Mm -hmm. what we're really feeling and a lot of the times it's easy to get to trick ourselves into thinking that we are i know that my partner and I have even fallen into this trap with saying something like, I feel like you're not seeing me. Well, that's not really a feeling. We're covering it up really because we're afraid to say what we're really feeling, mm-hmm. which is perhaps I'm feeling really insecure right now. I have a need for Intimacy. Mm-hmm. I have a need for connection. That I'm scared that you're gonna I, leave. I'm, I'm scared, scared you're gonna leave, and I have this need yeah. that is not being met. And I, you know, and I don't know what to do. That's the truth. And so we have even people who are in these conscious relationships. We have all these tricky little subtleties and nuances, especially particularly with the language that we use. That I think we need to be really vigilant about am I showing up in my truth
0: yeah our egos are so sneaky Um, everything is so sneaky just sneaking up on you even though you have these tools even though you've practiced and you feel so capable you have this one really amazing conflict that you resolve and you think wow we're so great now like we really owned our stuff and we really sat in our feelings and the next day something else goes off and you're like whoa Or the same thing, the the same thing. And all of a sudden, you can't be with your feelings. It's all about them. (laughs) Oh, It's fascinating. Uh, Well, it's been an amazing conversation. I think we'll probably wrap up now. We've been talking for almost an hour. I could go on all day. It's so peaceful right now. It feels like the world has quietened down around us. There's a little bit of a cool breeze, which is a welcome treat after today, which was so hot. But thank you so much, Hallie, for Mm. joining
1: me in this beautiful setting. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's always amazing to talk to you and see you in any context. My heart is really happy. I love
0: it and I love you and I love and appreciate everything you shared today and how vulnerable you are. So thank you and I hope that Our conversation, um, I I find they tend to like be medicine in themselves, something about having this type of conversation that's going to be released for anyone to hear is kind of healing in and of itself. Absolutely.
1: Thanks
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcasts or sarahregalhoop.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes, so if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member, and let them support you reach out to a professional do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good and if you'd like to be a guest on the show either publicly or anonymously head to my website and book in once again it's sarahreaglehooth.com forward slash in my truth podcast thanks again for being here